Welcome everyone to another episode of Snap Hook. Uh, today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're not going to do an interview. We're trying to stretch our interviews out a little bit. So today we're just going to do a catch up with Jeremy and I on, you know, what we're doing as far as photography stuff, golf chat, content things, cool things we saw that are being released in the photography world, videography world. Um, just kind of a, a sit down session between the two of us. So Jeremy, what's up, bud? How are you? I think this is a good way to go because it gives us a little break, talk about something else, find a rhythm. So it's not just a hundred percent interviews. Yeah. I'm just got done shooting some drone video for my wife because that's what a good husband does is her company. Um, I got paid for it. It's not just me being a good person. Don't let me, don't let me pretend nothing golf related. It was architecture buildings, but I had some fun with it. Just get out there in the city and fly around. Well, how's that been? Like you're, you're now what a month and a half or so from leaving Turner. I mean, what's it been like? You're still getting your severance, right? But I mean, are you starting to look to kind of do some other freelance type stuff? Yep. I took September was my wife called it the the month of Jeremy. She's like, go do what you want. That's why I went to Landman. I played way too much golf. I think one week I played at least 72 holes. Hmm. So now it's time to actually, you know, start doing something. So a few little things have come up. This shoot, she's like, hey, we need this new video for our website, our new featured properties. I have the drone. I have the certification. So I might as well use it. And then there's another portrait type shoot in the works. Looks like it's going to come through, which is, you know, I haven't had to do anything yet. And it feels good that people that I know, because I've been doing this for so long, are reaching out to me and like, hey, come help us do this. And yeah. it's fun to fun to see where it's going to go. But I still have to build my website. And I have a website. I have to redo my website because I haven't touched it since before COVID. There's not even a golf section on it. Yeah, got to change that. Yeah. And there's like no drone stuff on there. There's none of this on. The, and I needed to sit and do it. But it's so hard to just sit down and really concentrate it. I've pulled all the photos. I'm getting editor friends to help me go through it. And it's just hard to make that decision. You, you got you got one of those little dots, those little timer dots, right? You just got to set that baby and, and go. No, I didn't tell you. The timer dot's kind of working. And it's this little clock, a little timer that goes on your desk. It's round. It was a total Instagram purchase. And you can set a timer of like, I want to work on this for this much time. Hit the button. It beeps when it goes off. But I noticed my phone was the problem. And I'm always getting distracted, looking at stuff, mostly Instagram. I bought a phone lock. It's a box and it has a timer on it. And I can put it in there. And I've been doing 45 minutes twice a day. And that seems so pathetic that I can't even go that long. But it's just lock my phone away and I don't touch it. And it's been very useful. Oh, that's that's actually a really good idea. Because I'm the same way. Like, I, I'll put on like a, a lo-fi YouTube channel with no words. And I'm like, okay. This session is 35 minutes long. While this is playing, I'm not going to grab my phone. I'm going to pay attention to the nine to five job. But you still find yourself like, oh, I got to look at that date on my calendar. And I pull up my phone and then it's like immediately you click on something else. And then 10 minutes go by and you're like, shit, got to go start over again. So then you start over again. But the lot box is good because texting, phone calls, email, you know, calendar stuff. I can do everything from my laptop. So really, there's just that one app that's, you know, eating up some time. I might have you uh, send me the link to the the phone box. That, that's, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it was like 40-ish bucks on Amazon. And you can set a timer. You can do like multiple days on it if you wanted to. I don't know why anyone would. And it even has like a port in the side that you can charge it if you need to. And oh, no way. We haven't, we've never even talked about this. I was diagnosed with ADHD at 40. I've always kind of sensed it was there and like asked my yeah. parents questions, but you know, I was like, I grew up in the time when everyone was getting diagnosed back in the day and everyone was getting Ritalin, but my parents were like, Oh yeah, we just didn't think you liked homework. And I was like, Oh, it's one of those things that all comes together now that I understand it. But things like that, where I'm like, I can't be distracted by this. 
So if I can lock it away and focus on something, it makes a huge difference. Huge, huge yeah. difference. That is awesome. You talked about the certification for the drone. I know some people know, but what kind of elaborate a little bit more on what that certification is. So technically, if you make any money on your drone whatsoever, you need to have this FAA part 107 test passed. And it is a legit test. My brother is a true pilot. He works, flies private planes. And after I took it, I joked with him and sent him a message. I was like, you're not the only pilot in the family now because you have to go <laughs> and take this at a airport, like a private airport and go and there's certain testing centers. And even my brother is like, that is a legit test. I'm going to make fun of you, but that is actually really tough because there's so many things on there that have nothing to do with what you think it would. You're like, oh, I just take my drone up and do this and that. No, there are reading the charts for airports, where these towers are. You can call a number and get a specific readout of weather and what's going to happen. But it is not in any language that you would think because they want it to be universal that anywhere in the world you can have the same thing. Mm hmm. So you have to learn this whole other language, essentially, which is like a little chart. And I studied, I got a study course. I think it was like Drone Academy. Did that for a while, downloaded an app that has practice tests, spent an entire week just doing those practice tests nonstop because you have to get a legit score and pass it. And you go in, it's timed. Only thing you can take is a calculator. They give you a piece of paper and they give you a pencil. And you Whoa. go in this, yeah, you go in this room with a computer and do this test and a, a workbook that has like the charts and everything in it. So it's the same, but I passed it on my first time, got like an 88, 89, something like that. Let's go. So now you can legally do it, make money off of it. And then it also makes it where you can submit to fly in some areas that you normally wouldn't be able to fly. Really? Yeah. So when you pull up your drone or you look at a chart, you can mm -hmm. see there's like red areas or whatever, certain height limits. Mm -hmm. It is possible to fly outside of that, mm -hmm. but you have to get permission. Mm -hmm. There's ways to submit it. And I haven't done it yet. That's something I haven't run into yet, but you can submit to get it so you can fly wherever you need to. If it's for a specific shoot and you go in there and tell them like, I'm flying at this time for this reason and break it all down. And then you can hopefully most of the time be able to do it, but not always. Really? Yeah. Huh. I should probably do that. You need to do it. Yeah. 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 I should probably do that. I haven't taken a test in forever. So I have to dust off the old studying habits again. That's going to be, but I enjoyed this. So it might be a little bit easier from that standpoint, since it's something I actually want to learn. Yeah. And you get to learn some things like what kind of cloud is that? Oh, well, oh I feel this certain weather and this downdrafts so like oh it's about to rain and i know which way it's coming from a little bit it's like i'm not that in depth but like just enough that i'm like hey we need to go inside now because i feel that and that's what's about to happen wow yeah okay so i think it's worth doing yeah i would agree um we will throw that link or that website in the show notes so that people can check that out yeah that'll be perfect so what Sweet. do you have coming up what do we have coming up? Uh, I am doing a photo shoot for Stonebreak. They had their women's member member. So what, town is, what town is Stonebreak in? Stonebreak is in Hayward. So it's like Hayward Hills, just outside of Oakland, kind of like not too far from where my office is in Northern California. But yeah, it's up in the hills, beautiful views. You get everything. It's the views are incredible, but they're having their women's member member. And so I'm going to go in for first couple hours and get drone footage of, you know, the people warming up on the range and the putting green and, you know, the trophies and some action shots, some of the ladies playing. So it's always fun. And the ladies, you know, ladies have a good time. It's one of those things where you go and, you know, shoot for some of these events. And my mind always goes to taking pictures of people putting or hitting golf balls. And it kind of gets like a little mundane. And then you quickly learn that people like that stuff. They want to be grabbing their buddy around the neck or like high five. You're like, if you tell somebody to do something, people like that part of it. So it's like getting comfortable enough with the group to be like, 
you know, hey, man, I need you to, to high five or, hey, I, you know, I need you to get like a really good over exaggerated fist pump whenever you make that putt, any of that stuff. So it, it's getting comfortable, get those people to loosen up a little bit. And of course, the deeper in the round that these things go and the more cocktails are flowing, the more people get loose with it. But yeah, they're always fun. And, and again, people love being in front of the camera. Yeah, especially in those environments because they're all out there with friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like you said, once you get a few holes in, people are either playing well or they've given up on it, and they're just like, "I'm gonna have another drink and laugh about it and go out there and enjoy the day." Yeah, yeah, but sometimes those are the moments that people love the most. Is you know the bad shot where they're throwing their hands up or laughing or whatever because nobody knows that it was a bad shot. They just see the expressions on the people's faces. Oh yeah. Anytime I tell my friends or if I'm at something like that, I'm like, no matter what, hold your follow through. Yeah. Like don't immediately throw your club or walk away or do whatever it is. Even though I have some funny shots of people who I've done that where they just like um, my buddy, Will, we were abandoned, beautiful tee shot. And I made a gif out of it. If he swings and then tosses the club and walks out of frame. <laughs> so it's fun for us, but sometimes you like, if you want the beautiful shot of you taking a swing, just like hold it. Yeah. I, I have a really cool photo of my buddy Miles, who's down in Delaware, and he's really good at if he hits a bad shot, kind of having that, those hands high behind him and then the club falling in front of him or falling behind him. So I always had the camera ready whenever I'm taking a shot from him for behind because I know he's either going to take a divot that's three inches deep and nine inches long, or it's going to be this awesome shot of, you know, him holding the finishing pose, but just letting go of the club and the club is going to be somewhere else. Nice. Nice. So when you're out there for this event, are you just rolling around in a cart? Do you have a set assignment set holes? Or are you just kind of like roaming on your own, getting the shots that you need? Yeah. I always let people know, like if, if they can provide a shot list of some of the things that they want, I love that because it at least ensures that we're going to get what they need. Right. And then, yeah, I'll jump in a cart and just cruise around for some of the other stuff. It, it's not really a walking course. So I always have a cart with me because it can get quite hilly and it's much easier to pop from spot to spot in the cart. Yeah. I mean, when you're at those type of events and you have the freedom to do it, getting around is so much easier. So you can go group to group mm-hmm. and, it's better than sitting on one hole all day. You, you get some variety in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the back half of October, we're headed to the East Coast and we're going to do a little East Coast road trip, flying to New York and hit Boston and I think Vermont and somewhere else. But I'm excited for that because we're going to get all the really cool colors. And when we go on vacation, my Melanie always makes fun of me. She's like, God, you're such a tree. You just take photos of trees all the time. I'm like, yeah, I love it. Trees and waterfalls. Like, I love it. So going there, she's just like immediately, she goes, oh, you're just going to be taking pictures of all the trees and all the different colors. I'm like, you're damn right I am. Because that yeah. I love it. Like, that's, especially we don't, we get changes in seasons here, but not as dramatic as like seeing a hillside with red, yellow, and orange, like of the leaves changing. Like, that's just super pretty. Yeah, I'm heading up to North Carolina on Monday and it's, supposed to be like peak leaf season in this town that we're going to. Mm. So I'm excited for that. There'll definitely be some drone footage coming your way very soon. You know, it's it's one of those things where I don't mind carrying my camera. I'll probably put the 24 to 70 lens on it. It's a little bit easier, but it's taking these kind of trips. It's pushing me more and more towards this. Just get a little banger, you know, whether it's the Fuji or buck up and, and get a Leica, but just something to have close that's easy to carry that takes just really good high quality photos. Or that one that Matt was talking about, uh, the Rico. Rico. Yeah, the Rico. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Canon back in the day used to have their G series, which was a point and shoot, but it shot raw. And I think the Rico took what they were doing and made it even better. So I that could be a good option. You don't want to spend that Leica money. <laughs> I know. I just want that. I want that like a red dot so bad. Look, okay. If you do that, you have to get a matching tattoo. <laughs> Leica for life. That's what that's the tattoo is going to say. <laughs> you can get the Leica on one arm, the snap hook logo on the other, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> Dedication. This is going to last forever. <laughs> forever. Are you going to bring the clubs to the East Coast? No, it sucks too. Cause I got a buddy. I'll kind of brag a little bit. I have a buddy who's a member of Boston golf club, which is a 
beautiful, beautiful track. And I'm sure during this time, it's just going to be absolutely gorgeous. But they are going through some renovations right now. So I think like three or four of the holes are closed, one of them being 18, which is kind of a bummer. Yep. And then I have another friend who's up in New York who's got some really cool connections at some awesome places. So he immediately was like, hey, we're going to go play Wingfoot. We're going to go play here. I'm like, dude, I'm not bringing the clubs. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's just it's too much to like haul them, you know, because we're going to be popping from place to place, just kind of driving around. So I'm like, I'll make a separate trip. Like we're, you know, we're talking kind of, I think, loosely about this idea of a cool trip. Um, But yeah, it's like East Coast is just flooded with so much good golf. It is a haul for a West Coaster to get there. But once you're there, it's it's magical. Well, I think it's important to have that separation for your relationship. And mm-hmm. it's my anniversary next week, 10 years. We're going back to where we got married, High Hampton Inn up in Cashers, North Carolina, which has been renovated and they've redid their entire course. And at no point was I like, oh, we'll go up there and play because my wife doesn't play golf. Even though she works for the golf channel out of college, we'll talk about that another time. Oh. And we're going up. We're, we'll probably never go back there to this place just because it's gotten so expensive, but I'm excited to see it. And she's like, all right, well, I booked you a tea time for one morning because if we're going to stay there, you need to play the new course. And I was like, exceptional. Thank you. I wasn't yeah. planning on it, but if you're saying go one morning and play early, I'm all in. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. And, and normally the clubs come and, you know, I sneak in one round where it, it kind of works out that Mel's also and very much the create, not also, she's very much in the creator space. So, you know, we'll do the morning of shoots or photos for the hotel that we're staying at or whatever. And then it's just kind of like, Hey, I'm going to go play around golf. You're going to sit and edit and do your thing. So instead mm-hmm. of just like sitting here and hanging out, like I'll go do that. I'll come back. We'll do dinner and carry on with the rest of our night. It kind of works out well that way that there's that time where she's like, yeah, I got to catch up on my editing so that I can daily posts while we're here. Yeah. I like the sound of that. So talking about the East coast, I messaged you something last night that you had never heard of just randomly. And I don't even know where I found this, that there used to be all these train lines that ran specifically from Northeast New York, specifically Philly for people to summer down in Florida. And I looked it up and I sent you a map that I found of an old ad and I think that ad was from like 1910, something like that. It was where people would go escape and winter down in Florida or Savannah and whatever it is. But it was a very specific golf destinations on some of these Pinehurst being one of them. Mm-hmm. And it went all the way down to Tampa Bel Air country club was one of them. Cause you have to think about what courses were actually even there when some of these ads came out. Cause I, I looked it up last night after we talked about it, this train started in like 1905 and went till it actually went much later into like the sixties, but their big heyday was into the thirties and forties. And I think we need to replicate this trip. Yeah. Starts in New York, hits Philly, hits Baltimore, hits Richmond, Raleigh, Southern Pines, Pinehurst, Camden, Columbia, Savannah, Jacksonville, Orlando, and then it looks like it kind of ends in Tampa. Um, and it's the Seaboard Airline Railway, straight as a plumb line to the winter resorts of the Carolinas and Florida. I love this idea. I think this would be so much fun. Uh, you know, when you go to Europe, you train everywhere. Yep. Um, and I don't, we just, I don't, I don't really do it. I mean, I think I've taken a train one time from like St. Louis to Chicago right or something mm-hmm. like that but i think this would be cool like pop into each of these spots play a couple rounds of golf you know maybe do like a sleeper train and then on to the next one and maybe we don't go as far down as tampa maybe we stop in like jacksonville um and do that because that's you know another good stretch down but i definitely think going from new york down to jacksonville would be an awesome trip. And you know, it's funny sometimes when I don't have any meetings and I'm going through emails, I'll turn on YouTube and just watch, you know, whether it's no laying up or some bar stool stuff or whoever else. And one of the things that I've started to notice is that sometimes the quality as far as color grading or something being blown out isn't always great, right? But the content is fun. So 
I've always been the person that's like, well, if it's not going to be perfect, then why put it up there? And it's like, well, because people don't really care if it's perfect. Like they want to see what you're doing. I mean, just as long as it's not so out of focus or whatever, a lot of stuff can pass. So I'm all into like, give this our first go of, you know, a run of really cool golf courses as snap hook and then kind of just documenting it along the way. Cause also all the downtime on the train, like we can get a lot of stuff done on that train ride. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing some Wes Anderson style videos on the train. It's going to be great. <laughs> but what I want to do is pick out, I was looking through old advertisements last night and pick out a year. It was like in its heyday and say, okay, we can only play courses that were around at this time. Mm. So you have mm -hmm. to go pick a date. And if the course didn't exist, then you can't play it. It has okay. to be based on needs, which look, they were advertising Pinehurst. I found one when it still had the sand greens. Let's see. Another one that I'd never even heard of was this course that's no longer there in North Augusta. So across the border and it was called Hampton Terrace. And it was this amazing resort that now is not even there and nothing is there. It's like houses that burned down in like 1920. And I had to search last night to even find it because they were advertising this golf course there. And I found one photo of the course and I wanted to dig in deeper and know more history about it and what it was. But it's this old black and white photo of these people on the green. And I'm trying to find a date on it right now. But we'll post this picture so everyone can see it. 1905 is when this picture was taken and oh. caddies, people in full dress attire. And it is fascinating to me, the history of it. Yep. Okay. All right. I think we start making this a 2024 experience for us. I'm in. And Definitely. by that time, we're going to be worldwide with our podcast. So I'm sure we'll just be <laughs> meeting people all over along the way. Oh, no. Someone downloaded it in Spain, by the way. Oh, really? John, maybe John Rahm. Yeah, probably. He's probably still over there. Or, or it's just Matt Hahn, who's still overseas and downloaded it from there. Wow. So for everybody who knows, like we do look at kind of the analytics of what we have going on here. And while we only have two episodes up, Matt's episode did very well. And I don't know about you, Jeremy, but I got a lot of incredible feedback from everybody being like, one, I think Matt is a little bit of an introvert. You know, he doesn't like mm -hmm. he, he said, like, I don't like to talk about myself. I don't like to be in front of the camera. I don't like to be that type of person. So I think there still was this little bit of mystery of like, who is Matt Hahn? And I think once people started to hear the GoPro stories, the top golf stories, his college time and what he was doing there, everybody was kind of like, OK, yeah, this makes way more sense why he is so good at what he's doing. Yeah. And it made me enjoy watching his feed while he's at the Ryder Cup, running around, shooting the whole time. It just made me enjoy it that much more because we had just talked to him and learned even more about him. And then yeah. see this amazing work he's doing all week long at the Ryder Cup, riding over on the plane with the guys. And it just makes it a blast. Yeah. What? I mean, come on, man. Just PJing over to Italy with the fellas. Get out of here. Yeah. We we all need to live that life. Oh. He is, he's just living an awesome life. And now it's, it's such a great guy. So it's worked quite well. Exactly. And last I looked, I think he was at Lake Cuomo just on vacation right now. He's like, if yeah. I'm here, I might as well enjoy it. Right. Yeah. I got a DM from a guy and he's like, I went to high school with Matt Hahn. Like such a great guy. I'm like, I screenshot and texted the man. I'm like, you're everywhere, bud. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Hey guys, it's Jeremy here to talk about Precision Pro. Mike here. Back in the day, I did a lot of research on rangefinders and I came to the conclusion that Precision Pro was the best option for me. I had a different brand rangefinder in my bag for the longest time until I discovered the Precision Pro NX10 Slope. I love the easy to lock on target, the lifetime battery replacement warranty, the three-year warranty, and it allows me to change my skins for my personal touch. Mine has a custom skin from when I did a 100-hole hike for youth on course at Sweetens Cove last year. That way, every time I pull it out of my bag, I'm reminded of how good that day was. So make sure you go to precisionpro.com, use code PINS20, and get yourself a new rangefinder.
talk about the most important item in your golf bag, your glove. We here at Snaphook connected with Joe Lusa, the owner and creator of Benzie Golf Gloves, and have been wearing their gloves for the past year. As golfers, we put so much thought into our fit. It blows us away when people have old beat up or the standard big box manufacturing gloves. Benzie gloves are made of premium grade Cabretta leather at the price point that is hard to beat. Our favorite gloves are the Elephant Print 7210 and the Chapel Hill. Visit them at BenzieGolf.com and follow them on Instagram at BenzieGolf. All right. You know, kind of thinking about golf for the rest of the year and also talked about cool places that you played recently obviously land man's brought up been brought up a couple times but i think you went out to a pretty awesome place that just opened up out in aiken right yeah i'm real fortunate my buddy andrew who is the person i play my most golf with here in atlanta he joined old barnwell which just opened over in aiken south carolina which everything's opening in aiken right now and he booked 36 holes on the opening of preview day. It was a Friday, a couple of weeks ago. We drove over and just played 36 nonstop. It is unbelievable. Like I was fortunate enough to go earlier before the summer. They had seven holes open. It was their preview loop, which ended up being a few of the holes that are, it was weird. It was like one, two, three, four, 18. 17 was like some of the preview holes some of the top ones. Hmm. So when we were there for that, you had these holes that they had just laid sod enough to play on it. But then there's a whole construction site going down the hill behind you. And now to go back out and see it fully done, they made a few changes to a few of the holes that were already there. But this place is spectacular. And you know why everyone's building over there because the soil's perfect for it. Yeah. It's sandy. It's open. You have the pine trees everywhere. But this place played more like a lynx course because for a big part of it, you're not in the trees at all. Oh. And then you get into it for a few holes and then you come back out of it. But like oh. drivable par fours, two drivable par fours, some par fives that were blast, but the bunkering is where this course is going to stand out. Mm. They built some spots where you don't even know bunkers are there. They're hidden properly. The designers took some different pieces from different famous designers over the year and put it all together in one, something I'm not smart enough to appreciate hundred percent, but I've read other people's take on it and they love it. And they understand where some of these designs came from, where I'm going to have to do more research to get into that. But the best part is we're playing our first loop. We're out there pretty early in the morning. We get around to the sixth hole and it's this big downhill drive and 17 is up beside us to our right. And up on a hill, we see these two guys drive up in a cart and they're messing around on the green, which everyone else is walking and they just stop and watch us tee off. I am the short hitter of this group. There's only three of us. Other two guys hit just bombs and we both think they're great. And then I walk up there and just hit a terrible tee shot because these guys are standing there watching us <laughs> and they yell down. Not to me, but one of the other guys, this guy, Matt, who hits it forever. And they yell down, they're like, you're going to like that one. Turns out it's the course designers watching oh. us tee off. And they're out there to see what people think of the course. That's awesome. And they want to see what actually happens. Because you know how it is. You design a course. You're playing a little bit to see what it does. Or maybe you haven't been out there the whole time. And you're like, how is it to people actually being there? Right. Yeah. And getting a sample size of the long hitters, the shorter hitters, like how does the course play for everybody's different game? Who designed it? I, so I, it, I can't, I can't recall. Yeah. So it was Brian Schneider and Blake Cot Cot Cotton. It's C-O-N-A-N-T. They came around and met us on another hole and we sat and talked to him for a little while. And these guys are legit and like they've worked on things like the Lido and some other stuff. Oh yeah. More importantly, Old Barnwell was beautiful, and I'll post some more pictures of that. Their mission for that course is what makes it different. They are focused on having youth caddy. They are doing the Annika program, which is they are going to have some female college golfers. Like Basically, that's going to be their home course, and they can come there and do whatever they want. They can come out there and practice. They can 
this like be involved with the with it from the beginning. Hmm. So when we were there, I didn't get their names because I'm terrible at that. But there was a student from uh, UNC, and then there's another one from Wake Forest, and they're all like South Carolina based, and they get to be there and be a part of it. And also, they're building a kids only course. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? It's not done yet. And when they do that. It's only for kids unless they invite an adult to come out with them. So that's awesome. Yeah. And my friend, Andrew, who joined, that was a big part of it for him because his son is six and his son has an amazing swing. He took his son out there the following week to play the big course and loved it. And it's, it's a really cool place and just a fun course that I can't wait. I'm going back in a couple of weeks, actually, and I am really excited about it. Is that is really cool. Yeah, I'm here. I'm looking on the website and like the kids course something call out. They also have a maintenance apprenticeship, which I think is really cool as well. Yeah. And it's just a great group of people around there. You just feel welcome and there's nothing stuffy about it. They're just like, oh, hey, what do you want? Come on, let's go. And it's just, I love the idea of a kind of private course where you just feel like you're a part of it and mm-hmm. you just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So it looks like that Brian did some work with Doak mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. So that's very interesting. That I think a lot of these guys are coming out of, you know, these different camps, which is pretty cool to see them like flourish uh, on their own. Yeah, and I think that's always been the case where you have these guys that come in as shapers or whatever it may be, or assistant, and then they start doing their own stuff. Mm-hmm. especially how it's going right now. There's not a ton of courses being built, but the ones that are, the quality is so good, mm-hmm. which I think is really fun to see. Yeah, and it looks like Blake is a shaper. He's got some pretty cool shaping experience, which is really cool. And I will tell you, the shaping on these green complexes, unbelievable. Are like really? fairways where you're, you're aiming for a mound to get it to bounce right. And there's a few really unique green complexes, 16 specifically, par five that could be reachable if you hit a good drive and you just have to land one in there, but it kind of catches it if you hit it just right. And it's in a little bowl and one of the most unique bunkers, there's two of them up on the hill and they're little pot bunkers. If you were to miss one a little long and right, you're going to be in this impossible bunker up on a hill that I can't wait to see someone hit out of. <laughs> Maybe when you go there next time, you just have to put a ball in there to see what it looks like when you get out of it. I'll do it. I'll do a video of just that. Because when this guy, Matt, in our group was was putting, I went up on the hill to shoot down because it was just such a unique angle to see like straight down of mm-hmm. him lining up a putt with two bunkers. And just, it, it was a different view than I've ever really shot on a golf course. And I enjoyed trying to find that. That's cool. That's really cool. Oh, that's lovely. God, so you got a pretty good run of golf stuff coming out. That's great. Are you hoping with this freelance stuff and, you know, kind of getting out to some of these cool courses and taking some really cool photos? I mean, what's the idea of, you know, looking at different companies or different courses to start reaching out to for opportunities? I mean, are you looking to stay more in kind of the studio space, doing the portraits and that kind of stuff? Or are you interested in getting out to the courses and doing course stuff? I mean... I enjoy the course stuff. I think there's so many people that are just so good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at Kyle Walton, who's been at Landman for the last few days uh, for their closing. And I look at some of the shots and I'm like, damn, that's really good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've, I've been seeing them too. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I like some of the shots I got. But I was like, those are really good. And of course, yeah. he was there to actually shoot it. I was there to play. So he gets a little more flexibility on it and a little more freedom, but I'm still like, damn, that's really nice. So I think I, I want to focus on portrait stuff. Um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with the TGL. They just announced today that ESPN is going to air that. Um, oh, yep. So they got the rights to air that coming up. So that is fascinating to me because it's a different thing than normal golf it's in a studio it shouldn't look like normal golf the photos need to look different they need to look like they're in a studio environment they need to be something more exciting yeah Um, 
So I'm, I'm talking, maybe reaching out to someone about that to see where that goes, but who knows? But at the same time, I don't have to make golf my job. If I can, great bonus. But there's plenty of other stuff that I can do because I've been doing it for so long that I can do just fine and not worry about it. Yeah. I actually haven't really looked into the TGL much. So they're putting teams across the country. Yeah, but it's all being played. So right now there's what four teams announced, New York, Boston, Atlanta, LA, I believe are the four. There's going to be two more, two other cities. I mean, I think we can probably guess there has to be something Midwest. You kind of think it's going to be Chicago just based mm-hmm. on, but I don't know besides that. I could see them doing Texas mm-hmm. just because the PGA being based there. Yeah, it's such a but big it, state. Yeah, but it's all getting played in Jupiter. So they partnered with the university there to build the arena, which is massive. 2,000 people in attendance. And they're doing it so they can teach some of the kids at the university about television production. So they will partner with them to work with it. And they got the space there to do it. Mm. But think like an IMAX screen to hit into instead of a normal mm-hmm. TrackMan screen. And then a real green real complex. I'm excited to see what it actually looks like. And I just hope that they have the fun with it that it should be. Yeah. This looks like it's going to be really cool. And they still have to get really cool. They still have to get a few more players. I don't think they filled out the entire roster yet of everyone, but it's all the big names. It's people that you would want to see anyways. Yeah. Fleetwood, Rory, Ricky, Hatton, Lowry who's on there as well. Yep. Tiger. We'll see if he's able to do it. Justin Rose is on there. So I think it'll be a lot of fun because they're all going to be mic'd up. They just get to joke around with each other. It's not going to be as serious as everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be super nice. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Can't wait to see what comes from that. Tom Kim, also another name. Yep. He just committed. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, that is a new one. It's really cool. Cool. Sweet. I even kind of keeping an eye on any new stuff dropping in the equipment world. I've been looking at a new drone for sure. Now that I've been doing it just a little bit more, I'm not going to spend the money on it right now. Uh, I would love to have, you know, a little bit nicer quality dynamic range, but we'll, we'll wait and see on that for a little bit. Besides that, I've just been kind of zoning out a little, like I said, it's been the month of Jeremy. It's golf and talking with you that I've been focusing on. (laughs) I'm so glad I'm a part of it. Um, I did see that Leica just dropped a, a cool little camera called the Leica Sofort 2. So it basically looks like it's a camera that can print a photo, like a Polaroid. Oh, is that the little um, white, is, is the little white one? Is yeah. The, okay. I did see that. I didn't read all about it yet, but I did see that thing. The real question, how much are you going to have to pay for it? How expensive are those? <laughs> uh, the prints going to be right? Like the paper to put in there. But yeah, I mean, it looks really cool. I don't think it's dropped yet for purchase, but yeah, it's kind of an interesting little concept there. And then I saw that Sigma is dropping a 70 to 200, uh, 2.8. Two, two yep. Yeah. Which so they're is... calling it the sports full frame lens for Sony Emont and Elmont mirrorless is coming soon. They're talking December 2023. And I assume they're still more reasonable pricing than trying to get the the straight one from Sony or whoever it may be, which is good to have. It's good to have an option to have that 2.8 and make it a little more affordable. What's your take? Because you've been doing this for, you know, 15 plus years, both in college and then also in your job. What's your take on these different lens companies, the different types of glass? Like, is there a huge difference between something like a Sigma, a Zeiss, a Tamron and your, you know, Sony G Master or Canon's Red Ring high-end lens? Like, are, are we talking you're paying for a name? and a logo on a a lens, but the glass is pretty similar. Like what, what's your take on that? I think the glass is key on a lot of things. If you, if you talk to big cinematographers that filming movies, they have certain brands of glass that they love because it gives a certain look. So Yes. Unfortunately, you're spending the money to get a higher quality glass and a sharpness when you need it. 
and less of a fall off where it can get kind of cloudy in the corners, which some people want that, but it, you want the cleanest image you can get and then work with it at that point. Mm -hmm. So yes, I think unfortunately it costs a lot of money, but really good glass is going to make your images always look better. So what, if you were to say, like if somebody were to say, Hey, Jeremy, what, what are like really good glass lenses? Like or we do it both ways, right? Hey, I'm just starting out. I want good glass, but I'm not looking to spend, you know, $2,500 on, on a G master. Um, like what, what is the recommendation? Is it Zeiss? Is it Sigma? Is it Tamron? Are there other brands out there that people don't know about? And then on the flip side, Hey, I'm looking to buy a G master. Is it that much better than some of these other brands? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think Hasselblad was always the king of oh, yeah. glass medium format specifically back in the day. And like, that's why you see drones have partnered, like DJI has partnered with Hasselblad to make their lenses for their higher end ones, because mm -hmm. it is going to be exceptional. Besides that, I think sticking with whatever brand your camera is those higher end versions of that lens are what it's going to be. You're going to get the G master or you're going to get the high end Canon is going to always look the best if you partner it with what the camera is made for. But besides that, you, not everyone can spend that money. Renting it's a good option if you need it for something. Mm -hmm. Always for rent sure. it before you try it. I haven't messed around with any of the older ones. Back in the day, I remember the Tamron being not as good as some of the others. But it's been a long time since I've bought one of those. The technology is always going to make everyone get a little bit better. Mm -hmm. it, it, when it comes down to it, get what you can and shoot with it. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. It and if you want that extra reach, you want that 70 to 200 or, you know, 200 to 600. Yeah. Get the one that you can get, get your hands on and run with it. And then when that next one drops, like, and you're looking to upgrade, do it. But I mean, I guess there's also, if your lighting is right and your editing is good, you probably get away with a lot. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that even just the Canon prime lenses, the fifties and the 85 were so much better than the 24 to 70. Mm -hmm. I remember when the first 24 to 70 came out, that was a step above any of those. I think it was like the 24 to 70 two, eight Mark two or something. And now with the mirrorless lenses, all the higher end mirrorless lenses for Canon are so sharp and exceptional that it's less of a thing that it used to be to have all the primes, even though I still love them. But I used to do portraits and would have my 50 and my 85 and would switch back and forth on seamless while I'm doing it. I quit doing that at a certain point because the 24 to 70 became equal on sharpness to it. And I could just use that and zoom when I needed to, because most of the time not having a zoom is going to be nicer because there's less physical glass moving because the more pieces of glass you have in the lens, the more there's a chance for it to get something, either get something in there or just not look as sharp because it has to pass through more things. So if you have a prime, it has less of that in it and it's always going to be a little nicer. Okay. You actually answered the question that I was getting ready to ask is why does it seem like primes are so much sharper than zooms? And now we know. Yeah. Because if you look at some zooms, they go from when you're at your widest, say you get a like the 24 to 105. At 24, it's a 3.5 aperture. Yep. At 105, it's like a 6.5 or a 5.6. Yep. Because the light has to get through all that extra glass to be able to expose so it just shrinks down the amount of light they can physically make it through wow this we didn't even talk about talking about this but this has been <laughs> educational yeah we'll do another episode about just the basics of some photography like there's a dumbed down version of it of like there's the three but three different things you have to make them all work together mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to which is just how much light comes through how fast the shutter moves and what your film speed is, which is now just all turning a dial, but it used to be a physical film thing. Awesome. Yeah, that'll be a good, I think that'll be a good one because, you know, we get a range of novice and expert photographers listening to this. So, you know, some might hit, some might just fast forward. Well, just anything... download. Even if you have to, even if you just download, turn your volume all the way down and hit play, the, we get those numbies count for us.
look, anything that will make people turn out with better photos on their golf trips, let's help them out. All in for it. All in for it. Yeah. Cool. What else we got going on? I don't even know right now. I've kind of given um, up for the week. You, well, we're out at the end of the week here. You did tease a little towel with the logo on it. Oh, our first merch. Yeah. So we're going to field test those, see how they work out, gauge yep. the interest and in something like that. I got it right here. My buddy Kyle, who is... That's not good podcasting. Yeah, so we can put it on Instagram. It's fine. My buddy Kyle, who's Shooters Shoot on Instagram, and he has his own embroidery machine. He does these towels and he does small orders. He can only do so many, but I messaged him. I was like, hey, can you do this? He's like, yeah, no problem. Because I really wanted the green towel too. So I got to get yours in the mail tomorrow after I go play golf. So you got to have yours. Yeah, I'm ready for it. And we have an extra one, maybe two extra ones. So we'll come up with a giveaway. Yeah. Maybe some sort of contest and we'll uh, get some out to some fans. I think that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. And then we can kind of see where where things are from there. I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess I kind of announced some semi big news. Yeah. With uh, the Loop Golf Club. Yeah. So I'm taking a role. It's not a full time role. I'm still doing my nine to five. Still got to you know do that. But it's a role as a community manager for Loop. So helping them grow the app usage, the end user experience, doing some events to get people involved, you know, where there's purses and people using the app. And then also the investment part of it obviously is a startup company that's been a year in. Um, they are looking for investors to kind of help keep the app growing. And they have so many awesome ideas where this app can go. So getting people involved from an investment standpoint of so investing in a golf club is something that you're interested in slide in my dms definitely a conversation to talk about but yeah i, I mean i'm not sure if you use the app but no it, I was, that's what i need i need the i need the short pitch i think someone's like the one sentence pitch elevator pitch four word pitch i've heard a lot of versions what is it what is loop tell me loop is going to be the only app you will need when playing golf and whether that golf is being played by yourself with a group of buddies you know in a larger group it's the only app you're going to need if you're rolling up by yourself, you have a digital scorecard that can help you keep score. If you're going out with buddies and you guys are playing games, it it basically is Venmo synced up to something like 18 birdies, right? Yep. So it's like your rat hole for golf money. So you put money in your loop wallet, you go out, you know, you you and I play a game, we're you know playing match play. Um, we say we're going to play five, five, 10, 10, 10, 20, you know, th there's, there's no minimum amount. There's no max amount. I mean, you kind of do with what you're comfortable with. So you play five, five, 10, it tells you on the front, how you're doing. It tells you overall how you're doing. And then once you hit the back, it will tell you how you're doing on the back. You can do presses you can do side wagers closest to the pin, longest drive, you know, anything like that. They have Wolf as another game to play as well. They have skins. If you have a large group and you want to do skins, it all ties to your gin. So you input your gin. And then once you're done with your round and you hit submit, your score automatically goes to your gin app and helps update your official gin, which I've dug into some of these other apps and they don't do that. I mean, yeah. they have their own gin system, but they don't have the USGA gin system. So I think that is really cool. And then, yeah, once once you're done and you, you're settling up on your bet, the money immediately goes to your loop wallet. So there's no, what's your Venmo? Give me the cash. Like that awkward moment of like asking somebody for the money just automatically is taken out of the equation, which is great. And then you tie it to your checking account or whatever and just like Venmo, you can instant transfer, you can regular transfer. The idea of like going forward with it, there's going to be some cool options as far as like maybe live betting. So if I'm out on the golf course and you're on the app and you're in Atlanta and you see that I'm playing, we can do wagers while you're sitting on your couch and I'm playing golf, which I think is going to be a ton of fun to mess around with. I'm going to uh, have I'm going to need you to wear like a streaming camera of some sort so I can make sure what's actually happening. <laughs> hey, golf is a gentleman's game where everybody is honest about what they do. So you just got a high trust situation. I agree. And I've seen you post about this. I seem seems to be like you're always losing money to your friends when I see yeah. these posts. Um, yeah, it's an investment. It's, it's what I need to do to get people excited for the game. 
<laughs> I like it. Well, now I'm going to have to download it. We were looking for something like this before Ireland. We debated looking at a few different ideas and then we're like, let's not overcomplicate it just because we had two guys that didn't have their handicap set up yet. And that was the one thing that stopped us from getting it because we're like, oh, we're going to be there for 10 rounds. It'd be nice to have like some sort of running thing going amongst the whole group for the whole trip. So I wish I would have done it. Great point is that while it does tie to your gin, if you don't have a gin, you can still use the app because it it will take into consideration what you are against your friends and it will automatically put pops on the scorecard Mm -hmm. so that you know where you're popping. And if you don't have that, I mean, you can kind of say like, okay, they're a, you know, a 10 or whatever it may be. And it it will take that into consideration as well, but it just doesn't tie to their gin immediately. So for the people who don't have a normal gin, you still have access to use the app, which is, is, again, is super cool, but yeah, it's going to be an exciting ride. Um, I'm pumped to kind of get the event portion of it going on. What are you looking at? What, what, where, what locations are you looking at so far? So they're, they're up here with me in Northern California. So we've already got one company that's reached out that wants to do a collaboration event. So we're looking at doing that at Coyote Creek. We're looking to do Presidio, Northwoods, because Northwood has been one that like everybody said, we need to do one here. We need to do one here. And it's like, okay, we can definitely do one there. That's very easy. You know, Harding Park, like some of the big hitters. And then we want to see if we can get some of the other private ones out too. So make it a way for people to be excited to go play a course, you know, win a little bit of money, lose a little bit of money, but ultimately have a good time at the end of the day. And then the idea is that, you know, as we start connecting people, more people will be golfing with other people they just met and doing more cash games along the way. I like it. I'm going to go download it right now download it and with that being said download our podcast subscribe to our podcast leave a rating leave a review dm us let us know how you like it like that's we need this feedback to grow yeah tell us who you want to hear if you want to be on if you're in this world send us a message that's already happened somebody that we already followed but someone that was like oh i love the idea of this It's cool when do you want to get interviewed right away and And it was great honestly It was so much fun having that conversation last night with him because I learned a lot about him and I felt comfortable asking some of the questions that I might not have normally asked. But yeah, I mean, all of our conversations have been great. I don't take anything away from the rest of them. But like when you don't know somebody, my curiosity comes out a little bit more for the listeners as we're having that conversation. Yeah, because let's face it, you and I are learning this. We're learning this process as we go and it's been fun. And I think we're getting into our flow right now and I'm really enjoying it. Really enjoying it. Yep. We are probably going to have a couple more like sponsored ads. we got our conversations that are happening. We're waiting for some copy. So you might hear a couple more advertisements, but um, it's all brands that we support. So yeah, it's just kind of helping grow that that part of the community. And I just need more gloves. Yep. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we do. More gloves, more gloves, maybe more golf balls. I'd love to get more golf balls. I have no shortage of golf balls in my house. Let's face uh. it. I've started playing some of the logo balls that I've shot just because people send them to me. I get them at a course and I, whatever it is. And after I shoot it, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm using these Pro V ones now. <laughs> I don't need it to just sit in a drawer and not get touched. Yeah. Yeah. Use it. Yeah. Use it. Well, yeah, I will use some tomorrow. I'm going to meet a buddy in the morning to play white columns, little course up just north of here. And, uh, Hopefully I will find a swing. I have not actually played golf besides the backyard in about a week and a half. Well, it's such a long time. <laughs> well, I'm going to go hit some more putts and get ready for it. All right, buddy. Well, you have a good time. Enjoy your round. Let us know how it goes. And uh, for everybody else, keep snapping. Let's keep snapping.